hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Now, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor are always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 124. Uh, my name's Trevor Long, and joining me each and every week, the man himself from techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be here once again. An exciting show we've got planned. Huge show, and we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au. I'll tell you more about them a little bit later, but as we say, just the, I look at the list in front of me, and I think, how could we do it in 30 minutes? But we will. We'll kick it off right now. Now, um, today Vodafone announced um, a very, very cool international roaming um, idea. We've had this new uh, ACMA rule that you've got to do all these new things with global roaming as of the end of September and the carriers are doing their bit and Telstra's announced, you know, SMS alerts and all this kind of stuff going on to try and reduce the build shock that exists with international travellers. Well, Vodafone's idea is completely out of the box. This is something very different, and I reckon it is outstanding. If it if it is what it is, and, and once we get through the, the fine print, essentially what they're saying here is that when you travel overseas, uh, if you're on certain plans, which we'll talk about in a minute, for $5 a day, you get access to your standard plan inclusion. So if you travel for seven days overseas, you pay $5 for every day. And if you've got a two gig worth of data and unlimited calls, unlimited texts, you can make unlimited calls, send unlimited texts and use your portion of the two gig of data that you would normally use in those days. And mate, that's unbelievable. That is huge, and I'd say we can probably count the days, the, the, count down the days when Telstra and Optus are going to actually they do the to. same thing. This is a serious shot across the bow to those other carriers with it, that uh, you know their customers have, have been known to complain of this mm. huge bills after rece- tra- coming home from overseas trips. But yeah. um, the questions I've asked though is the fact that it's it's five buck, it's a five dollar cap per day, and as you said, it's going to be. If you've got whatever is on your plan applies when you're overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it also includes when you receive calls as That's well. Right. So yeah, you can receive calls. calls on your mobile, which to me is probably a bigger thing than making calls. I think yeah. making calls from overseas, there's a lot of ways to do it. You can jump on Skype. You can FaceTime. There's ways to do it. But receiving calls on your own mobile number overseas, that to me is the biggest attraction to this. And you think so you're about still in touch when, when you're overseas. When you and I t- travel, and you do it a lot more than me, but you know, you've got a SIM card for every country. Well, look, I've got to be honest. I don't know why whether I bother with that anymore, especially for the US where, where this does apply. It applies to the US, the UK, and New Zealand at the moment. Um, for five bucks a day, uh, you know, if I'm away for a week, which is the most I'd be away for on a, on a, on a tech trip, trip, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorted and uh, I've just got to make Absolutely. sure that I don't overuse my data that I normally would use. Like, because yep. you're away, you might use it more. But again, here's the thing. If you've got, let's say, a gig of data and in your normal month, you use 500 meg, which is a pretty standard amount for people, right? Um, you can actually use a bit more because you're overseas as long as you don't go over your normal limit. And I guess the question there is what happens when you go over, do you, you know, it's the normal, <laughs> it's the normal charges, I it's guess. It's $5,000 a 
That's the fine print stuff we've got to work out. But let, yeah. l- this, the, the crucial thing here is a couple of things. It only applies to the US, the UK, New Zealand at the moment. That's, yeah. that's really Vodafone taking advantage of their international um, network that they've got. But it also only it doesn't apply to anyone's existing plan. So if you want this, you have to sign up to a new plan that will be announced later in, in August. Now, that, that sounds a bit weird, but it's probably completely understandable given this is a big deal. My information, though, is that the new plans aren't going to be something stupid. I mean, it's just that they, they want to sign people up to a different deal. I, I understand there's still going to be unlimited calls, unlimited texts and, and reasonable amounts of data. It's just yep. a matter of how much it is, I guess. Yeah, but I think yeah, I, 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 you know, here's us looking into the crystal ball here. I think it'd be a good idea to make it like it, it, there are a lot of customers that travel a lot. Let's mm, face it, there's a lot of people that travel heaps, and this would appeal to them. It might be a traveler plan or an international plan. They may call it that that takes your number literally around the world, which uh, is a very appealing. And for five dollars a day. You, you, when, whenever we travel, like I buy a SIM card, it normally costs that much per day anyway, yep. and using a different number, uh, you can't get reached. If, if you'd answer your phone on your normal number overseas, it costs you money. Yep. So a lot, a lot of ticks here for me for this. Uh, just waiting to see those plans, though. Uh, and uh, read that fine print if you do go over your plan overseas and what sort of charges apply. Yeah. But like, good on Vodafone for taking some initiative here. And I think, like I said, it's uh, it's going to be a matter of time before Telstra and Optus, uh, you know, come across to this sort of plan as well. Yeah, and and I think this is the war of the next six months for uh, for mobile players. And um, you know, when we think about um, Telstra has announced their little text messages and things, and and, and uh, Optus have done this similar. Yeah, essentially, this that's that's well and good for. Preventing people going over the limit. This is actually encouraging people to use their phone. So it's complete opposite. And as you say, it's a shot across the bow. Absolutely, yeah. I, look, I'm a Telstra customer, so look, you know, Telstra. If you're listening, bring it on because you know <laughs> I travel a lot and I want to use my number overseas. I want people to ring me overseas and for me to say, "Oh, I'm in America at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk right now." But exactly. Uh, well, you know, this uh, good on Vodafone five dollar international mobile roaming uh, cap is a great idea. We can expect um, those plans to come out in August, and uh, you can read more about those on both our websites. But uh, yours is techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, you may recall, Trevor, a few months ago, there was a, a bit of an inquiry, a Senate inquiry, where mm-hmm. companies like Apple and Adobe and Microsoft were called to give evidence uh, as to their pricing structures and access to digital content. Now, what what ended up happening after that, they, they, they went away, this committee went away and uh, mm-hmm. came up with uh, the IT pricing recommendations, which uh, was released uh, only a couple of days ago. And those recommendations, to to boil it all down, th- there was like 10 or 12 recommendations that were you know pretty legally sort of worded, but mm. it boils down to two main things. A, they're going to encourage anyone who can buy the same product for a reasonable price overseas and allow them to do it. There's a lot of places where uh, they don't ship to certain places because they want you to pay the higher price and things like that. And the other part of it was geo-blocking. And this is more on the digital content side where we want to access the content. We want to pay for it. We want to do it legally. uh, But there are certain things in place. Certain rights holders have blocked content away from parts of the world. 
including Australia, mainly yep. Australia, so that uh, they can still be played in their own relative geographic locations and then we get it much, much later. Yep. So I think uh, the, the recommendation was about that, getting us a fair price, allowing us to buy it wherever we want, and B was getting around those geo blocks so that we can get hold, access that content. You know, good on the government. They're going to bat for the Aussie consumer. Well, good on the government, but they're full of it because they can't stop geo-blocking. The whole point of geo-blocking is to protect the rights of the producers of the content. Now, yep. if you're a producer, okay, and, and I don't think people understand what content costs to make, right? A, a TV program in Australia, right, might cost $200,000 an hour to make, and that's just a, a basic program. Can you imagine what American programs are costing? And, Absolutely. And, and how can the Australian government say, oh, you know what, just open it up so everyone can watch, will you? No, they want to be able to sell it into markets. They want to be able to sell their content and make money back. I, I it's see just, their point. It's just lunacy. Yeah, I, I, and, as, and I'll underline the word recommendations. Like yeah. the government's got yeah. oh, no we recommend power it. whatsoever to We have make no power. We stuff. can't do anything. We recommend yeah. all this stuff. Aren't we great? Nothing's going to change. Let's say that up front. But it, it, it was interesting and, and naturally – Content providers like Foxtel was one of it that came out against it, saying, "Look, you know, this is a bit naive of the government to to recommend this sort of thing, you know." And as you said, content's not cheap to create. Uh, but look, look at it though. By the same token, you know, we we want to people want to pay for this stuff. Hmm. They want to pay for it. You know, the internet has made the world a much, much smaller place. We know what's going on everywhere. We know when programs go to air, uh, and the temptation is there rather than pay for it legally. The alternative is we we we, we do it illegally, yeah. um, and and I think that the content providers say okay they want to geo block us they want to, they want to control the content, but then they, they create they're creating you know they're not holding a gun to our head but they're, they're creating this then option for people that, that they can't wait to get hold of the content and they're downloading it illegally, mm. so you, you, I can see where the government's coming from. But, you know, and I agree with you, they've got Buckley's chance of changing laws and, you know, there's a federal election coming up in a few months and likely change of government and, you know, then this is going to be put on the back burner for another year. Mm. But good to see, though, that they're into bat for us, mate. That's what I liked. It's ballsy. It's aggressive. And good to see that they've got our best interests at heart. Just remember, we're in an election campaign, so that's yeah. why it's ballsy. But anyway, look, I, I'm with you. Good on them, but I just don't see how it's going to have an impact. But anyway, you can read the recommendations and uh, more detail at uh, Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Now, our mates at uh, TCL, which is, you know, uh, we've talked about it a few times before. It's a brand that a lot of people wouldn't have seen or heard of, but they're making great TVs. Uh, they're making great products, and and they're not that they're they're in that middle tier. They're not. I, I don't think they they pretend to be a Sony or a Samsung, but but they certainly don't want to be seen as one of those low cost, uh, you know, cheapies. This is quality televisions, and they've come out with made a sub five thousand dollar four K TV. That's 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 bloody good news. This is really going to heat up the TV market. It's out in mid September. Uh, it's the E fifty six ninety one. Uh, it's got 4K resolution, so it's four times normal resolution of a full HD TV. Uh, TCL, though, is a brand, uh, very fast, fast-moving company here in Australia. They're really gaining a lot of customers, gaining a uh, a lot more market share month to month. Uh, they're one of the world's three biggest TV manufacturers. Yeah. They're, they're number one in China. I think they share a factory with Samsung in China as well. So they're no sort of small operation. They're quite a big company. 
And, and I've reviewed some of their TVs, mate, pound for pound, dollar for dollar. They're great value TVs, a lot yep. of features on board. Yep. Uh, but having a 65-inch TV for under five grand is, is impressive. Now, you look at the, the Sony 4K TV, uh, which I've seen, and it's magnificent, but it costs you $9,000. Yeah. This is $4,000, more than $4,000 cheaper. Well, it's exactly $4,000, actually. It's $4,000 cheaper. And look, I haven't seen the 4K. I'd had a glimpse of them at CES earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, and they look terrific. But I've seen, I'm actually reviewing the Sony 4K TV now, and that's going to take some beating that TV. If this can even get close to that, it's going to be worth the money because $4,000 is, is a lot. Of, that's another television if you wanted to buy yeah. uh, th- for that kind of cash. So I'd like one for the lounge TCL. room and one for the bedroom, thanks. I mean, 4K <laughs> TVs for everyone. I mean, th- this is the thing. Th- th- there are people, and Sony knows this, there's people who will buy the Sony because they know it offers content. They know that actually it's probably the best way to get the 4K content because of the, co- the, the Sony relationship. They also know that there's a quality thing. There's a lot going on with Sony, but there's a lot of people who just wouldn't mind having a 4K TV and they will, they'll be stoked to know that, that five grand will get them one. So I look forward to seeing the, um, the, the, your review of uh, both those TVs over yeah, time. Well, when they, my when my Sony hit. 4K TV review is probably going to be up on the weekend. I've had it. It is a magnificent television. And, uh, you know, if the TCL is, is even close to that, it's going to be worth the money. So, uh, But, again, it's going to come down to content, which, which is coming. Uh, that, that's going to be a frustration for uh, people with a 4K TV. But the good news is the TCL also does the upscaling. So if you've got a Blu-ray, it'll upscale it to 4K. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I can't wait to to get a hold of the, the TCL version and uh, and check it out. The quality there's all they've also got their full HD range coming out as well in 32, 40, 46, 50, and 55 inches, as well uh, as well as another a, a, a brand a level above that. There's going to be another 55 and 65 inch TV all due around mid September. And you can check out the TCL uh, range, including the 4K at TechGuide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au if you want uh, home and small business networking. And we've talked a lot about their uh, their next generation Wi-Fi modem routers. And I just clicked onto the website and uh, they've got a great competition going on. Make your home a smart home. Win one of 20 Samsung Galaxy S4s. Uh, an outstanding smartphone if you upgrade your home network uh, with a new Netgear D6200 next generation Wi-Fi modem router you could be taking home one of 20 Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphones um, simply purchase the D6200 uh, during the promo period and register your details 25 words or less uh, on why you need a Netgear smart connected home and you could have not just the, the modem router that you've purchased, the 6200, which is a top of the range, um, with the with the excellent Wi-Fi speed that you get from 802.11ac, the, the excellent range. But you could also go in the draw to win uh, one of 20 Samsung Galaxy S4. So what a great opportunity to upgrade your home router. Uh, check out the details at netgear.com.au. They're great supporters of Two Blokes Talking Tech. So um, we talked, I don't know, however, it's, it's actually, it's probably six months ago, we talked about Foxtel Go launching and the fact that it was leading towards uh, a new service that would be um, separate Foxtel customers from their home. Uh, Foxtel Play was what it was going to be called, and this week it was finally announced. And the idea here is that to access Foxtel, you need to have either a cable into your home or satellite on your roof, and you need a set-top box, uh, an IQ box, they call them these days, plugged into your TV and then into that satellite or cable. But the good thing was, 
six months ago, they launched this new Foxtel Go app. And if you were a Foxtel subscriber at home, uh, you could use your app on your tablet or your smartphone and now your PC, your Mac, to actually watch the channels that you're entitled to watch, which is all great. But you do have to have that underlying subscription. Well, Foxtel Play, which is now available, allows you to go, I I don't have a a Foxtel at home. uh, For $25, I can sign up to Foxtel on one of their basic packages. Uh, $25 gets you between five and seven channels and access to the Foxtel Go app on your iPad, your tablet, your PC, or your Mac. And then, for another 25 bucks, you could get the sports channel. So for 50 bucks a month, you've got all the Foxtel, all the main Foxtel sports channels on your iPad, on the go, and no Foxtel cable box at home. Very good. This is a great idea, and what I like about it is, apart from the uh, the pricing, which is pretty competitive, it's also the flexibility that I quite like. There's no lock-in contracts. You don't need to book an installation. You don't need a set-top box. It's all through your internet connection. You can you can stop this whenever you want. You can upgrade, downgrade whenever you like. You can maybe say the semi-final series comes up. You might subscribe to the sports package to watch the semi-finals, or you know, kids are on school holidays. You might get the kids' channel for a, for a month. Things like that that, that gives this uh, that, that makes it a bit more attractive, uh, and, and you know, of course the pricing too. But one one thing to note though, Trevor, I think we've got to sort of let our listeners know that this is all coming through your data connection. That's right, this is streaming data, people. Yes. So it, this is it might not cost you dollars and cents. It's going to cost you data. So if you're using this constantly, it's going to really eat into your monthly data limit. So just check those, check your your download limit, your data allowances, and make sure that you can afford the data. Not not just the money, but the data that this service is going to exactly. Report. And to put that in perspective, if you're out on the go and you're using you know Telstra or, or whoever, Vodafone, whatever it is that on on the mobile on your phone or your iPad, it's about 300 meg an hour just to watch the TV at home on whatever internet connection you've got at home, if it's not your mobile connection and it's a Wi-Fi, it'll be 800 meg an hour. So you've got to have some serious data. And I think that's the problem here is in the the way Australian internet and, and data plans are structured, it's very rare to get a bunch of data and and I think the people that have got 500 gigs uh, or, or more probably have Foxtel. So I think there's something about it that that does take away from it. But you know maybe maybe that's not going to not going to be a problem uh, for people. Is it unmetered if you're a Telstra customer? I'm just looking oh, at I the release here, the I've fine print. Seen, I don't think it did say that because Foxtel being part owned by Telstra, you think would give them unmetered access. I think because you know if you got the T box and all those Telstra the Telstra content. It's unmetered, but I can't see yeah, anywhere here where because, it is unmetered. Because the problem is, this is Telstra's game as well, right? Telstra, yeah, yeah they own Foxtel, but they've got their own, you know, IPTV play. So yeah, they don't yeah. really want Foxtel. And they offer to be Foxtel the, still through that service as well, don't they? Yeah. It's, so it's a complicated world of IPTV, but just a, a warning. Our main, the, look, we, I think we both love the idea. We both love the service. And we, and I, I actually think the pricing's fine. A lot of people whinge that it's no good. Seriously, 50 bucks to get access to all the live sport. You're kidding yourself if you don't think that's a good deal, right? Um, considering that you could get it on your iPhone for what's the, what's the, what's the NRL subscription? Just, just for the NRL, it's like 50 bucks a year, yeah. right? It's more than that. I so, think it's twelve ninety five a month. $89 a year or something. So yeah, why would yeah, you sign up right. to the NRL app when you can sign up yeah. to Foxtel? Absolutely. So really interesting stuff there. We should but- also point out too that uh, how you access this service, you can, if you've got a Samsung smart TV, Coming soon to LG smart TVs, uh, and it's also through the Xbox 360 and on your PC or your Mac. Yep. So uh, you can Foxtel access Go. Foxtel Play. 
uh, all using the Foxtel Go app. Basically, you, when yep. you when you sign up to Foxtel Play, you get a username and a password, and you're into into Foxtel Go. So it's a great app, um, well worthwhile looking at if you're interested. I'd love to hear from people as to what they think of it. Um, but anyway, you can uh, have check it out and check out the plans and whatnot at uh, Stephen's website, uh, techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, there's been a bit of a rumble in the smartphone space. Uh, there's been some figures released, uh, the Q2 figure, so quarter two for 2013, mm. uh, showing that Samsung are really consolidating their position at number one. Um, and for the very first time, they've actually overtaken Apple as the most profitable mobile phone manufacturer. Right. So not only are they number one, I think they've got like a 30.4 market share. Apple's market share actually dropped to 13.1%, which is its lowest share in three years. So uh, Samsung obviously on the strength of its uh, Galaxy S4, uh, been a huge success. But it's also got a huge range of entry-level devices, which, as I wrote in my story on Tech Guide, is probably the reason why Apple are sort of – they're slipping in the market share because they don't have that entry-level market sewn up yet. Uh, and that kind of lends itself to the second half of this segment, which is the what what, what everyone is kind of the worst kept secret in in the in the rumor world is that Apple are working on an entry level iPhone five, which uh, through some leaked images of packaging is probably going to be called the iPhone five C C, not being short for cheap, but C <laughs> being short for color. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this, Trev, to see uh, the rumors if they're true, and it, it's likely they are. And, uh, and just getting the hold of this uh, cheaper iPhone to give Apple a bit of a boost in that entry-level market. Look, they need it. They need to have um, they need to have a, a range of phones, which they do now. But as we've discussed, I think on the Media Week podcast last week, I think we'll see um, for the Lightning Dock to disappear. They need to get rid of the four and the four S. So I think a, a five, a five S, and a five C um, is a is a and the five C in multiple colours means there's basically yep. six phones to choose from when you walk into an Apple store or more, uh, and it gives them the the consistency of the of the connector. It gives them a lot of consistency over the device, and uh, it gives them an entry level. Uh, phone and I just I can't see this um, this next year not being the year that Apple um, surges back in terms of um, maybe not share price but in terms of uh, establishing themselves across the mobile spectrum because yeah. there's so many people still getting into the smartphone game that they they need to have an op- opportunity for those and people to come in at a lower price absolutely and the reason they've stayed profitable is because they've, they've their phones are more expensive yeah. and people are still buying them and hence there's more profit in each one of them yep. but um, the the phone that was leaked uh, and I actually republished it on Tech Guide was a whole container full of uh, packaging hmm. that had just the white um, back yeah. white case yeah. and there was obviously the lid missing but, but everyone's speculating that the lid will be a clear cover yeah. so that you can actually see the colour of the phone inside like the old iPod and clearly printed on the side was iPhone 5C like the old iPod touch yes kind of, that's right kind of yeah, exactly yeah. like the iPod touch so it's look, it's interesting, and I think um, we've we're, we're pretty well established in what we think's going on, and um, uh, that just a speculation. We have absolutely no inside knowledge, or I don't. Anyway, Stephen might. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> but um, but you know, I, I think it's pretty clear what's going to happen. And I think it's a great move. Um, I think this will be the quarter for the iPhone, and uh, uh, Apple will will, will make a, a reasonable comeback in that respect. The the lead up to Christmas is going to blow, um, you know, the expectations yeah. in terms of all the shareholders and whatnot because they're going to make so much money. They've released. Uh- a product like I don't forget the MacBook Air and the you know the the, yeah. the time capsules and all that, but like I'm talking iPhone, iPad. It's been October yeah. since we saw a product. 
It's unbelievable. In, in, in a tablet or phone. So, uh, geez, they're going to come roaring home this second half of 2013. The, so uh, it's yep. going to be very, very interesting. The pent-up demand will be overwhelming. So, um, anyway, you can have a look at that photo of the iPhone 5C case, potentially, on techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Uh, both of us received a little parcel last week, uh, not a freebie from a tech company, but something we purchased um, many, nice. many, many months ago, and I'd kind of forgotten about it, to be honest, um, because it was such a great concept, a great gimmick, a great idea. I bought it because I didn't know if it was real. I, I was literally <laughs> checking the story, to be honest. Um, and it's called the Leap Motion, and this is essentially gesture control for your PC or Mac. And essentially, it's a little tiny bar that sits on your desk in front of your screen, plugs into your USB, and you install some software. And you can basically wave and, and make gestures at the screen. And I've got to be honest, I've only actually played one game with it, Cut the Rope, which is a cool game on the on the iPad. And <laughs> yeah. so I've played it on the Mac now. But it's forget that. There's, there's a configuration, a setup screen in it that you can just use it and and the best example of what this is that i can describe to people is imagine putting your hands out in front of you as if, you, if as if you're going to catch a ball and they're in front of your screen computer screen and on the computer screen you can see a wireframe of your hand with your joints and when you move your fingers the joints move just like those That's motion right. capture 3d modeling things they do with actors yeah. where they wear those body suits with the little balls over them, this is <laughs> this is happening. You don't have to do anything to your hands. It just happened. It just sees them in it, the it's air. It's remarkable technology, isn't it? Unbelievable. It, it, it creates this three D interactive space in front of your computer. It's um very small product. It's only like eight centimeters wide. It's tiny. It's only like one point two centimeters thick. It's like a a, a fat stick of uh, pack yeah, of chewing gum. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that big at all. Um and. I think it's it's only in its infancy. Like the product has literally only just days ago hit the market. Now there's apparently more than twenty six thousand developers out there who've got the they've had the uh, the development uh, kit for this for some time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more than seventy five apps. Yeah, and naturally, there's games and there's educational apps and science apps, entertainment. So the the limits of this device, there's the, the, the limits to the possibilities are incredible. Um, oh, I see it as a real education tool as well. Yep. Nat, a natural for you mentioned your play cut the rope. It's going to be imagine playing Fruit Ninja with this thing. Oh, When's seriously? the Fruit Ninja version going to come out? You know, so, really exciting that it's only just started, and this really is going to change the way you interact with your computer. It's it not the quite the keyboard. Not quite the mouse, even not even uh, not quite even a touch screen. It's a little bit of everything, mm. uh, but just in midair. It's remarkable. I'll give you my favourite example to date, which I let, I reckon I spent half an hour on uh, Google Earth. Okay, install uh, Google <laughs> Earth on your computer, and you hold your so you hold, and it's hard to describe, but it's it's well worth describing for people to look at, and I'll do a video at some point. But I've got a video on my story. Hold hold your hand out in front of the of the screen in in a fist. While you've got Google Earth open, and then open your hand out, um, out fully spread fingers, and by pushing your hand towards the screen, the you, you scroll the Earth around under you by pulling it back. You go backwards, you go left, you're right, you go up, you go down, you float around, you tilt. It's like it's flying a helicopter airport. with your hand, and you and you're flying over the Earth. I I, <laughs> I flew from San Francisco into Sydney. In, in, in like I was flying a plane with my hand. It was the most spectacular thing. My kids loved it. They were blown <laughs> away by the fact that I was doing this with my hand. It's I, incredible. I, I, I was it's, blown it's, away. You know the movie Minority Report with yeah. Tom Cruise? Yeah. This is as close to my... Like Minority Report's a 10-year-old movie now, mm, right? Mm. 
And he was standing in front of his screen and waving his arms around and enlarging and reducing and flicking things off the screen. This is real now. Yeah. This device has made that real. It's awesome. So if anyone wants to refresh their memory, watch Minority Report <laughs> and look what he's doing. Now you can do it with Leap Motion. It's brilliant. And I've done a little video. It's, it's the little orientation uh, on the on the when you set up the the Leap Motion. It's the orientation video. Yep. And uh, I've filmed that. That is my iMac on my desk there with my little Leap Motion there. Yeah. So uh, check it out. There's a lot, I, I spoke about it on the radio today. I had a lot of really interesting feedback from people who looked at the site and thought, oh, mate, I'm ordering that today. Yeah. So there's a lot of excitement out there for it. Very good. You can check it out. The Leap Motion is what it's called. And uh, you can check it out at Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Uh, we bring you 30 minutes every week, and the last two minutes are brought to you exclusively by techguide.com.au and the products that Stephen reviews. And this week, uh, we're going to kick it off with a TV, my friend. Samsung 55-inch Series 8 F8000. This is the new hero product, probably the best TV Samsung has ever made. It has got gesture control, connectivity, voice control, and, of course, excellent picture quality. Design-wise, really nice slim frame. The bezel's like half a centimetre thick. It's There's virtually no bezel. It's just the picture. One thing, though, the stand is quite wide. It's got a big arching stand. The ends of the stand are 1.2 metres apart. So don't think you're going to sit this on a small table. You need a surface that's at least 1.2 metres wide to sit it up. I had to come up with some kind of solution here in my office to set it up without it tipping forward on my desk. <laughs> so one thing to note, measure up before you buy this thing if you're interested. Uh, in terms of the, the the features, voice control is excellent. S recommendation, doesn't need any set phrases. You can ask it, what's good on TV tonight? Show me some action movies. Show me what movie starring Tom Cruise really open opens the, it all up. Thanks to their language, uh, their their language adjustments and their, their the work they've done with the uh, with Macquarie Uni to really get that language processing down just mm. right. Gesture control, pretty much the same as last year. Pretty gimmicky. It's it's not it's just as easy to grab the remote to adjust the volume. To be honest, but you know it's a nice feature if you can't find the remote. Picture quality, as I said, really good. Micro dimming on this LED screen, so that improves the contrast. Very natural flesh tones. No sort of boosted brightness. It looks really natural. A nice balanced picture. Um, it's four thousand one hundred and ninety nine dollars, but. You get what you pay for, and this sort of TV, though, is, is compatible with the Evolution kit that was announced at CES this year, which means that every year, if you wanted to, you could buy a $250 Evolution kit, update the software, get the new processor, and have it as if it's a brand new TV. So for your money, you're getting a TV with a, that's going to be future-proof for the next five or six years. Very good, and Samsung got their money's worth there. Not that they pay, but in terms of the minute review, has gone two and a half minutes, mate. So fantastic <laughs> work there, and uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the, the tech guy rating it has a four in front of it okay that's that's a that's a solid effort from a from a tv <laughs> so uh check it out at techguide.com.au you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. and something that that we all need more of is memory but uh in the computer sense uh portable memory and usb and uh, micro sd memory sandisk that's right. SanDisk are the world leaders in flash memory, and two products I'm going to talk about in this very quick segment is the SD, micro SD XC card, and the USB 3 uh, flash drive. Now, you can't have run any old card in the very latest products. The, the latest 4G products have got you know burst mode and you know, f- full high-definition video recording, so you need a card that's going to read and write very quickly. So these cards are the sort of the cards that, that you need. The SanDisk Extreme 
Stream, microSD. Uh, it fits in all your latest smartphones and tablets. You can expand the memory. A lot of people are buying just the, the smallest capacity Android phone and then sticking in a microSD card, and they've got another 64 gig of memory, and they're saving a bit of money. The USB 3 flash drive has got a sliding mechanism, has got re- uh, transfer speeds of up to 80 megabits, megabytes a second, so it's very fast. Being USB 3, that, that, that they're the speeds that you get available. Both of them available in uh, 16, all the way up to 64 gig capacities. Uh, the micro SD card uh, starts at $64.95 and sorry, $69, all the way up to $249. And the USB 3 flash drive started $29.95 for the 16, all the way up to 64 gig, which is $89.95. And you can check them out at techguide.com.au. And that's a wrap for another week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and uh, Stephen Fennick. You can find him each and every day at techguide.com.au. You can also find him on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH and voice biting. Uh, download the app right now and talk to us on Twitter with 15-second voice bites. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. Thank you, mate. Talk to you next week. No worries. See you then. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen